Afternoons with Pepper Hudson. Pepper Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. It's always a pleasure to welcome our consumer watchdog, Wendy Nola, to the show. She's with us from a studio in Durban today. Wendy, great to have you here. Hi, Peppa. Good to be with you. Now, we're focusing on restaurant deposits in the first half hour. And then after 1.30, it's an open line where you can phone in on any topic. Remember that the number to dial is 021-446-0567. Or you can leave your question as a voice note on 072-567-1567. Over to you, Wendy, on the restaurants. I think we've this lost is more of a go. Wendy, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm we here, got you yes. now, yes. Okay, so this is um, very much a Cape Town phenomenon. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to get a, t- a table in one of the city's most popular high-end restaurants, you have to be prepared to book way in advance and to pay a hefty deposit up front. It's increasingly becoming the norm, and uh, you can understand why from the restaurant's point of view. So if you... Even if you're a di- if you're dining alone, dinner for one, <laughs> you'll it's if in some of these restaurants it's it's a standard um, practice. It doesn't only apply to large tables, um, and obviously predominantly your you know fine dining venues. So at least six acclaimed restaurants in Cape Town and Johannesburg demand up to 750 rand per person as a de- as a deposit. So fairly hefty yep. um, when you make a reservation, and if diners don't bother to cancel in advance that's in most cases um, at least 24 hours before the, the, the booking or they don't put pitch they forfeit the full amount but it goes further than that Pippa. so if one or more people of that party don't turn up those that do will have to pay an extra amount or have an extra amount just added to the bill to make up for that no show or the no shows in the test kitchens case on the website it'll tell you it's 1200 rand per no show. It's a very expensive so, cancellation or decision not <laughs> to show up. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously, it's a, it's a pretty mighty incentive to show up, which uh, at the time and on the day you said you would, um, which of course is the whole point of charging a deposit because no shows in these high end in demand restaurants mean unnecessary lost revenue for them and lots of it given given their prices. Yeah. So you can understand why the deposit idea has caught on. Listen, I can completely understand it. Um, thinking back to the, the years when I worked first as a waitress and then this front of house in a fairly upmarket mm. restaurant in Joburg, Wendy. It was the bane of our lives. People would book um, a table weeks in advance sometimes and then either not show up or show up and say, oh, I know we were going to be six, but we're actually only two. Yeah. And, you know, th- they don't stop to think about th- the ordering that's gone of produce that is now not going to be used or go to waste. They don't think about something as simple as the table size. Re- that exactly. Restaurants reconfigure their setup to include the right size tables for the right size people. And um, it was incredibly frustrating and incredibly expensive for the restaurant. I can quite get it. I mean, I mean, I'm you know very much pro-consumer, but the more I do this, the fairer I see things you know, from both ends. And I've actually heard of companies booking business dinners, right, at say three top restaurants, and then giving their their guests the choice of which one they prefer, and then just not bothering to cancel the others. So and you can imagine, yeah, not okay. Yeah, definitely not okay. Okay, so but today's scenario is a bit different. Yeah, it's a little different. Yes. So in principle, we understand why some restaurants might choose to to ask for a deposit, and uh, maybe our listeners want to comment on how they feel about being asked uh, to pay one. I paid one in the last fortnight. I was quite happy with how it was handled and how it was reflected on my bill, etc. Not an issue. The big question today, though, is what if you've paid that deposit and then before you get to go and enjoy your meal, the restaurant closes down before you got there to dine? 
Yeah, so that's obviously a problem. Um, it is a rare one, but it did happen this month. The top of the Ritz, along with the entire hotel, closed down on the 2nd of July, supposedly due to a lease dispute. And those who have paid deposit or had paid deposits um, before that date for for dinners yet to happen, meals yet to happen, mm. have not yet been refunded. Um, and here's the thing as well, that restaurant, um, although the prices weren't as high as some of the top-end restaurants, the restaurant's policy was a full payment up front. Sure. So obviously for the, a set meal. Um, and and that now is, is problematic. Okay, now one of the many patrons affected by this is sitting with me right here in studio, and he hasn't had to walk very far because he's in fact one of my colleagues, Colin Cullis, who's with us today to, to, to share his part of the story. Colin, welcome, and I hope you're not too hungry sitting in studio with us. <laughs> I think this is this is going to help diners in the future because uh, from from your comments now with with deposits, I think it's a great idea. Mm. Uh, restaurants obviously a very big component f- for Cape Town and, and what makes it a great city for for diners. Yeah, uh, and this is kind of a, a novel one. And so when it did occur, I, I did wait a little bit first and figured, well, you know, take some time. They've obviously got some big issues to deal with. Uh, and then when nothing seemed to be forthcoming, I I figured the best thing to do is to contact a well-regarded and uh, excellent uh, <laughs> consumer journalist. Which is the way well, I'm glad that you raised it. Just let's take a step back. How, um, talk to us about the timeline here. How long ago did you make a booking and, and, and sort of t- talk us through the process that you followed? Uh, the Top of the Ritz was included as part of a, a restaurant week for Cape Town. Okay. And uh, I, I typically do enjoy those. You don't always get to go do these fine restaurants. Yep. And so certain times of the year, they, they, they run specials. Uh, and I, I was aware that there were some issues, but I'd figured if it's part of the restaurant week, then obviously it's not going to affect it for now. Mm. Uh, and they did ask for a deposit, which, which again, as I say, I've got no problems paying a deposit. Uh, and so submitted that on the 27th of June. Uh, and I figured, okay, well, at the end of this month, I'll be nipping off to go and have a, n- a nice meal there. Uh, but on the 2nd of July, I received a notification from Dineplan, which, which manages the payments for a quite, quite a few restaurants, uh, simply to say uh, they've received information from the restaurant to say that the, they can't fulfill the booking, the restaurant is temporarily closed, uh, and there was a link through to their website, which gave more information. I clicked the link. Uh, it's on the Ritz's website, uh, uh, the restaurant's website, and it said that they are in the process of paying back anybody who has got uh, you know, the, the reservations. They will be paying back any deposits made. So I figured, excellent, that was, that was pretty quick, uh, disappointing, but understandable. I mean, these things aren't uh, always guaranteed uh, and by, by the 15th of July I hadn't heard anything uh, and so I, I mailed them as well to see yep. if, if they had any updates figuring that that two weeks was sufficient More time to assume yeah. that at least they'd clear off the bookings they had on their books uh, and also reached out to Dineplan to see if they had some information as soon as they did take my booking Dineplan came back to me and said we don't have anything other than the original mail we sent you uh, and, and that's the point where I said well I, I don't know what else I can do here let me let me forward this on to Wendy and see if she maybe knew what the process was when when something goes wrong I mean I get it when yeah. it goes right it works great but when it goes wrong I'm, I wasn't sure what happens well, are you a little bit stuck okay and uh, just for the record it's the first time this has ever happened to you right uh, so Certainly, in time of paying deposits etc you've been happy with the process this is the only experience you've had where where there's this whoopsie in in, in the deal yes yeah okay thanks colin for for summarizing it now wendy i think it's it's worth looking at some of the pros and cons around deposits and our rights if we agree to pay them etc and we will also talk a little bit in uh, uh, uh to dine plan uh, about their role as an intermediary as it were but before we do that from your perspective wendy who should be refunding colin his money he's paid a deposit for a meal which is not going to happen uh, the service is not been delivered, the item he has paid for has not uh, arrived in his stomach as it were, who should be refunding him because obviously he is due a refund He is due a refund and the combination of 
no refund and no communication is not a is never a good one. Yeah. I also went onto the Ritz's website and I sent an email to the two people whose email addresses featured there, and I've had no response. I was I said we're doing a show and explained who I was. So that also does not bode well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the mechanism, I did speak uh, to Greg Whitfield of Down Plan, who we we're going to chat to um, in a bit. I'm hoping he's in the studio with you. He is indeed. He's looking at me right yeah. now. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it all goes down to their model. So they, as we'll hear from Greg, they pay the money directly over to the restaurants when the deposits are paid. So clearly the restaurant is liable to, because they had control over closing down, they are liable to, to refund any deposit or monies paid that they cannot um, um, give any service for, mm. right? Um and it's just the mechanism. So we'll, I, I, this is where I'd like to chat to Greg around how that works, because obviously in in Colin's case and those of uh, and and there's quite a few other Collins out there who are who have got um, no money and no meal. Um, it's they want it would be in their favour if Diane Plan had held the money and until the day of the um, actual meal and then paid it over to the restaurant um, and refunded it to, to the person if that meal didn't go ahead because the restaurant wasn't able to offer or they'd overbooked or whatever. But that's not how the, um, the that's the not how the business works, model yeah. works, yes. And that might need a little bit of tweaking in light of what's happened with Top of the Ritz. Okay, well, let's, let's bring in Greg Whitfield, uh, who is the co-founder of Dine Plan. Greg, great to have you with us. Thanks for popping into studio. Thanks, Viva. Hi, Wendy. I think we have to start Hi, by, Greg. for those who've not, uh, who are not familiar with Dine Plan and who you are and what you do, won't you just give us a brief outline of, of, of how the platform works? Sure. Um, so we launched in 2011, um, and we developed back-end reservation software for restaurants, which essentially replaces the paper diary and helps them manage their reservations. Um, the system has a number of functionality from table management, SMS confirmations, reminders, database creation, statistics reporting, um, online bookings. And one of the functionalities of the system is a prepayment and deposit system um, okay. that we rolled out in uh, 2015 in response to demand from our clients. We, we had a lot of clients that um, were doing uh, deposit payments and the nature of payments involve a lot of admin um, for both parties, mm-hmm. uh, creating beneficiaries, sending proof of payments, uh, people using the wrong reference numbers, payments getting lost and, and all the rest. So. We certainly didn't um, invent the uh, de- deposit um, deposits as they are, yeah. and uh, restaurants were taking deposits for a long time before we started, but uh, we tried to create a system that made it a lot easier for restaurants and guests, and essentially we just uh, provide a payment mechanism for um, the restaurant to send a payment request, a guest to make that payment online, and their booking is automatically updated, and that cash settles through to the restaurant. So, um, yeah, I, I guess you can look at us as a type of snap scan or something, a method of, of payment when it comes to those deposits. Okay. Now, in, in all the years since 2011, seven years of operation now, have you ever faced this particular predicament that you've facilitated bookings and payments for a restaurant that suddenly no longer exists? Is this a first? This is a first. Uh, so we only have been doing the deposits since 2015, so okay, three yeah. years. But, yes, this is this is the first um, uh, yeah situation that, that we've come across. And it's... Primarily, I guess, because the type of restaurants that can 
afford to demand uh, deposits are the very top-end restaurants that are fully booked in advance, um, and those are the type of restaurants that are not going to go out of business because they are clearly doing very well. Um, I think in the case of the Ritz, maybe there are some other factors at play. Um, obviously, there's a whole hotel bundled in with yeah, the It's a very complicated business uh, relationship that's gone horribly wrong there, playing into this one. It's more than just a, a restaurant on, on, a, on a corner somewhere. Okay, so as Wendy said, you, you don't actually hold those deposits. You're not sort of the trust account that, that, uh, that is going to hold on to them and release them on the day of the booking. Did you ever consider a model like that? We didn't um, because we were trying to just improve a system that already existed. So uh, guests were already paying deposits for future bookings directly to the restaurant. Yeah. So we just helped improve that um, process and didn't want to try to get involved in holding cash. And Well, we didn't really even think along those lines. Clearly, the situation has uh, made us ask some questions about uh, can we improve the, the service. Um, it, it will obviously have an impact for restaurants that are used to getting cash two, three months in advance. Obviously, mm. it would affect their cash flow. Um, but then also, if you look at any other type of service, you, you book uh, hotels, uh, flights, um, any sort of contractors that you put deposits down, you, you are always paying in advance. So mm. is, is restaurants any different? Wendy, should it be any different? No, um, except for the cash flow issue. And I see this, um, I'm sure we've discussed it on, on previous shows, Pippa, where people pay deposits on um, wed to wedding suppliers. Yes. So tr weddings are usually booked nine to 12 months in advance. And so they'll pay the decor provider and the photographer and the whatever up front. And then they cancel a month or two later. And then it's, oh, sorry, no refunds. And you know that money's been spent. It's been absorbed into mm. their business, which is not ideal. I, I prefer the model of unless it's, you know, you're doing up your kitchen and they need to go and buy the goods and then immediately work on the job. You know what I'm saying? But we, the, here we're talking about a, an advanced booking. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a healthy financial practice to then use that deposit. That's not the intention of the deposit. That deposit is security for both sides, for mm. both parties. So I think that the deposit should become available to the business the moment the, the there is a cancellation. Um, in, in other words, in the case of restaurants, um, Greg was telling me off air that the, the norm is 24 hours before. If it's before 24 hours before, you get your deposit back and not afterwards. And I think that's very fair. Some restaurants push it to 48 hours saying they have to go into the fields and pick their whatevers, um, fresh produce um, and herbs and whatever. Um, but I don't think... That ideally, in an ideal world, and I get that there's a lot of you know a lot of admin <laughs> red tape around this, but I think the deposit should become available to the restaurant at the time um, of the cancellation because in the normal course of events, without a deposit, they would have only had the money on the night, yeah, or on the on the yeah. day. So I, I think the model has created a dependence on the deposits now in terms of cash flow, which will be difficult to change. But I don't think it's that justified is what I'm saying. Okay, interesting uh, perspective. Uh, Greg, I mean, where do you sit in terms of being able to help somebody like Colin, who's used you as the conduit to book uh, um, uh, for his meal, which now isn't going to happen at Top of the Ritz? I mean, have you attempted to further engage with them and, and, and try and get assistance for, for Colin and the others who are in his position? Yes, certainly. Um, you know, we obviously take the situation very seriously, and it's not great that our brand is associated with an yeah. unfortunate event like this. Um, so we have been contacting the rich as much as possible on behalf of any guests that have uh, in inquired about their deposits. Um, 
they have unfortunately been quite unresponsive. Um, I must just add the um, response that we have had from them in the past is that they are not closed. They're temporarily closed and they will be opening it again. And they have at all times said that they will be refunding uh, guests. Um, but obviously, uh, now I think guests are a bit agitated with, with the delay mm. and the lack of sort of confirmation there. Um, so, yes, we, we have been following up. We've sent them reports. We've sent them sort of all the information they need. Um, they are able to refund via the down plan system or obviously they can refund directly with the guests. So we can't say for sure if any guests have or have been refunded outside of our system. Um, but yes, uh, we have been following up, but unfortunately don't hold much power uh, in, in over, over that process. Yeah. But just to confirm, you, you have offered the facility that we were the conduit for this money coming in. We'll be the conduit for it going back to those customers. But to date, nothing has flowed backwards. Yes, yeah. So we we, we can return um, money back onto the cards that were uh, used to make payment. That is a functionality within the system. Um, but obviously, the restaurant needs to process that and obviously fund those refunds. Okay. Now, after the news headlines, we'll get a view from the Restaurant Association of South Africa just to, to, to hear where they stand on, on this. It is an unusual and unforeseen um, um, event. Uh, Wendy, as we said earlier, it's the first that I've heard of this. Um, um, it's the first time, uh, certainly, I've paid deposits before. It's all gone smoothly. I've never had an issue with it. And in terms yeah. of the, uh, the Consumer Protection Act, they are allowed to ask for a deposit, yes. Absolutely, yes, and someone is allowed to cancel as well um, in ter- and for a reasonable um, uh, cancellation penalty. And I think what the restaurants are doing with your 24-hour notice, and it's, it's very clearly stated up front with the paying of the deposit, so I think that would be a tick. The only thing they need to make sure is that the Act does say that um, uh, the a company may not impose a cancellation fee in respect of a cancelled booking if that booking is cancelled because of the death or even the hospitalisation of the person really? uh, for whom or for whose benefit the booking was made. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty certain that those restaurants would be would be accommodating in those sorts of situations. I'd like to think so anyway. Okay, but that's what the law says about that. Um, yeah, it's news time, so I would like to know how much money is involved, Greg, in your okay, well, estimation. Let's, what we'll do is we'll, we'll spill over for a few minutes after the news before we move into the open line. So hold that question, and Wendy Alberts of the Restaurant okay. Association will chat to you after the break as well. Great deals, dud buys, and discounts gone wrong. This is Consumer Talk. And just before we go to the open line segment, let's wrap up our conversation about restaurant deposits, particularly in the case where a restaurant closes down before you've had the chance to enjoy the meal for which you paid the deposit. Uh, we were chatting before the break with Greg Whitfield, who's the co-founder of Dine Plan, uh, which is the platform that facilitated uh, Colin Cullis's payment of a deposit for the Top of the Ritz restaurant, which, of course, is not serving any meals right now because the whole hotel is wrapped up in a very nasty uh, business dispute. Greg, um, Wendy was, was wanting to get a sense before the break of, of sort of the scale of the problem and I know you can't disclose individual people's financial uh, wheelings and dealings but can you give us a sense of, of from your perspective how big an issue this is um, the, the Ritz uh, particularly so I think they were charging um, I think they, they might have had two winter special options one 450 per person and one 850 per person if I remember correctly um, and every booking required that deposit um, in full in in full, yes. Yeah. Um, w- without going into exacts, uh, w- we're not talking millions here. We're not talking ten thousand, not you know maybe say a hundred thousand rand um, in, in in total. Uh, but yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, so some, something like 100,000 rand that, that's in the wind right now. Colin, how does it make you feel knowing you're part of that 100,000? I think when, when they do occur, and I, you know, we don't advance without something going wrong, and then we think about it and we come up with a better plan. So I, I understand. I'm disappointed. Hopefully, I do get the money back at some mm-hmm. point, and okay. certainly anybody else. Um, but, but two bits for me that, that are, are kind of worth noting. One, the, the delicate balance between who should hold the money until the service is provided, uh, yeah. while in this case it was the restaurant that wasn't able to fulfill it. The truth is it could be an intermediary that perhaps ran into trouble. And the restaurant was saying, hey, it wasn't our fault. The guys who were holding the money for us went, you know, Belly hit the wall. You effectively haven't paid for your yeah, bill. So, yeah, so in this case, if I was booking with uh, a restaurant, I feel fine that it went to the restaurant and then I'm going to hold them responsible. What, what maybe is a possibility for, for companies who are intermediaries is to say, well, perhaps we can work out a, an interesting sort of insurance policy that because we want to uh, re- retain the relationship with the person who virus us on the occasions, and hopefully it's rare this happens, we'll have a, a portion of our money set aside to be able to cover it uh, irrespective of, of mm. that. The plus side for me, though, and I'm, I'm a proponent of technology and platforms that enable people to do more things, but in this case, I'm quite grateful that Dineplan happens to be a South African-based company. Yeah. Many of the similar operations that operate like this, including uh, Dining City, who runs a restaurant week, they're international. And so getting access and being able to get follow-ups is a challenge as companies scale and become very big. It's very hard to actually get any feedback. And that's the bit where I think for consumers, it can feel, you know, you feel powerless. You feel like you don't know what to do. Uh, and in, thankfully, in these cases, you know, you can go to professionals. But for the most part, people just sort of throw up their hands and say, well, then I just don't trust anything. And I'd hate for that to happen. For that to happen. Yeah, fair enough. Fair point. I want to bring in uh, Wendy Alberts here because, of course, this is a bigger picture issue than just the deposits for this particular um, uh, restaurant. Wendy Alberts is the CEO of the Restaurant Association of South Africa joining us on the line now. Wendy, great to have you with us. Welcome. Shame. Thank you so much. Is your association comfortable with the, these very top-end restaurants charging deposits in the first place? Um, so we've obviously seen that there's been a massive trend moving towards restaurants in South Africa requesting deposits for res- uh, uh, reservations. We've noticed that this has particularly happened in the top-end restaurants and um, in our experience of chatting to these top-end restaurants, we found that they primarily rely on these um, reservations to bring their success to the restaurants. So it's imperative that they do have formalized reservations on hand. Um, we also found that in the top-end restaurants, where they are very transparent about the disclosure of the correct policy, there's no problem with any of their reservations handing over their credit card details or honoring their reservations. So we find that there's a very small amount of no-show or cancellations where the correct, correct policy has been put into effect. Mm-hmm. So the policy does work as it's intended to do to make sure that someone who's booked that seat turns up to eat at that seat. Wendy Nola, I can hear you wanting to interject. Yes, you know <laughs> me too well, Pippa. Um, Wendy, I just want to question you on, on, on your statement about the restaurants that you've spoken to saying that they rely on the deposits. Do you mean rely on it for, so that they don't, they're not losing revenue because of no shows? Or do you mean they're relying on that um, the payment, the actual payment of the deposit a month or two or a few weeks in advance and that rather than getting the full payment for the provision of the meal on the day? You know, Wendy, what we have to do, and first of all, bear in mind, is the scope of our restaurant industry in South Africa and the type of restaurants and restaurants that service the community and consumers in South Africa. So there's very different categories in restaurants. So the one thing sure. that we need to separate is the 5% of top-end restaurants because that is really effectively what we call fine dining. And I think that the policies and those cancellation policies 
and their disclosures are very, very different to, I think, what many other consumers are experiencing in the day-to-day restaurants or your casual dining restaurants, where, where this policy has now become an increased draw to take deposits yes. for big groups. And I think we need to separate it because I think it's very important. Otherwise, we'll have an obscured view in what is really um, affecting the industry in terms of deposits and non-paying of deposits. What I can say is that uh, in the top-end restaurants, they've got very effective payment systems. Those details are often taken down in a correct manner. Um, there is a very transparent policy that has been written correctly, and that is uh, thoroughly um, put in terms of the Consumer Protection Act as well as the law. Um, in that top-end segment, there's very little no-shows or cancellations. And okay. I think that the communication policy in terms of their reservation is taken care of because it's a top end and it's also restaurants in demand. I don't yes. believe that those restaurants use any of those deposits to fund their restaurants. I think that they are truly successful on their own account. And That's I think what that I would those have thought, restaurants, yes. Those, those restaurants rely on those reservations to allow patrons to enjoy the experience. So okay. I think that is very important. They are exclusive. They sometimes are very small seated restaurants and so forth. Where we have found that there's a major problem obviously happening in our industry with um, an increased amount of disrespectful customers is where we find customers do multiple bookings at many restaurants. Mm. And then they will get together with their friends and say, look, I booked at this, this, and this restaurant. Where do you guys feel like going? So often they don't have the courtesy to phone on a Friday or a Saturday night, cancel a reservation, or they just don't show up. Or in many instances, they'll overbook and they'll, they'll turn up with fewer people which means that the restaurant obviously has made preparations for those reservations. They've brought in stock, etc., And it's very difficult sometimes last minute to fill those seats. Mm. Um, and that is why restaurants have now started charging deposits, especially in terms of larger bookings. I can't say I have really seen a trend moving forward in small tables or your standard tables or your standard family um, dining restaurants in half-for-traffic areas. Um, so I think that there is definitely the twofold that we need to look at on this. And I think, you know, for too long, restaurants have really been abused by patrons that have no shows. Um, where I do support um, the deposit, I do believe that, one, it needs to be a secure booking. So in terms of any person, not any person can just take credit card details because that obviously lends itself to credit card fraud and a whole bunch of other elements that go with the reservations. It needs to be a secure online booking system that is transparent with the correct policy, the policy detail, the terms and conditions, the cancellation, the meal experience, the service, etc., etc., as well as what it's going to be. There also needs to be an opt-out policy in terms where the cancellation, um, mm-hmm. and this is often where we have found, where people have complained to the association, is that patrons will phone us and say, they phoned the restaurant and they spoke to the waiter and they told the waiter to cancel the booking. Then there becomes a dispute between the restaurant and the patron saying, well, that, that reservation was cancelled, but there's no record of that cancellation. And we find that is very often the situation that we have and also the last-minute cancellation where they phone an hour before their reservation, even 20 minutes demanding their deposit back. Mm. And that's where the, the conflict has been brought into effect in our industry. Okay, that's yeah. okay. That certainly puts it all into perspective. And again, thank you for that clarification because there's obviously two different, two different scenarios playing out at the sort of top end and medium, um, you know, family dining kind of end. And I can well see those friends getting together on a Friday or Saturday night and 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 making multiple bookings and then just thinking, oh well, and not really considering 
the repercussions for for those other restaurants that they just didn't derive at. Yeah. So, so, so thank yeah, you, but Wendy. A, yeah. Let me just say yeah. thank you to Wendy Albert, CEO of the Restaurant Association of South Africa. Appreciate your your sketching that bigger picture, and it certainly echoes my own uh, firsthand experience in the in, in the restaurant industry, albeit twenty years ago. It's a bit depressing that nothing has changed yeah. since then. Um, Wendy, just to, to wrap up our conversation uh, with Colin and with uh, Greg of Dine Plan, where to from here? I mean, Colin obviously is uh, everyone's trying to get hold of top of the to get some answers. They don't seem to be replying to anyone, uh, yourself included. Colin can sit and wait for his deposit, and that's about all he can do, uh, can't he? Is there anything At else he stage, should try? If they're choosing to be um, unresponsive, um, then certainly... How Can I ask what method you paid by, Colin? Was it a credit card? Yeah, it was an online payment. Can you not try the chargeback feature then? Exactly, exactly. The beauty of chargeback. Your bank should... You should be within the window period, so that's what I would do. Um, you can prove um, non-response. There's a, you can even send a... Uh, Podcast of the of the show to your bank and say and apply for for charge back of your money and that would apply to anyone else who um, made a, a payment of the deposit for this restaurant with a credit card. I would certainly say by this stage, um, I don't know how long the bank would would consider a reasonable time to have waited, but the fact that there's been no communication does not bode well, as I said. Yeah. It's not a good combination. There we go. So you've made Colin's day. I think it's less than a month since he made the booking, so by, by rights there should be no issue there. Um, Greg Whitfield, any final comments from your side, uh, from, from Dine Plan's side? Does this make you think differently about how you do business going forward in any way? As I mentioned, yes, we, we certainly are asking um, ourselves a lot of questions if we can improve the system further. Um, just in response to some of Wendy Albert's um, comments there, um, arguing about when a uh, booking was cancelled, you know, our system, uh, we do have audit trails, um, so you, that can't really be argued. It also allows a, a consumer to cancel via SMS or via the Dime Plan app. You, can, you have a list of your bookings, you simply click cancel and there's no arguments around it there's order trail and logs and everything else so we do we're trying to make it as transparent and fair and easy for everyone Um, but I think certainly there are some further improvements that we could make that maybe goes around maybe trying to guarantee these in certain ways um, obviously there's it comes with complications as well so we've got to get it all right okay well thank you so much for for being prepared to come in and chat to us today greg whitfield a co-founder of dunn plan colin cullis i hope you get your refund off your credit card and uh, um, uh wendy we'll be back with uh, more uh, general consumer queries after the break consumer talk open line so we'll get to some open line questions in just a moment, but we have got one or two uh, relating to the restaurant story and a couple of messages I want to reflect. Uh, um, you know, I'm d- I've just realized during the break chatting to, to Greg that I actually unwittingly used Dine Plan myself two weeks ago, Wendy. And I've got to say oh, that right. the process was great. I booked via a restaurant's website. It took me to an online booking platform and everything was facilitated there. So I didn't even know I was using um a third party it was seamless i got an sms to to confirm the booking i got another sms when it was close to the i think it was a 48 hour cancellation window i got a reminder saying hey if you're going to cancel you must do it by four o'clock today i like that it really worked very very well so i'm impressed with with the capability obviously they're in an awkward position now and this has raised a lot of a lot of questions and and Uh, i certainly wouldn't want them to you know be negative to have you know for there to be any negative perception about the platform 
over this issue, that would be very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, um, because they're not the I ones who've, whose business is definitely wobbly. not. Yeah. Definitely not. And I think w- what makes their business work is that they were doing the bookings and had the relationships with the restaurants before the deposit thing happens, and so they just added that on three years ago as another service. Yeah. Um, because as Greg said, you know, for restaurants to be handling the mechanics of the payments and then the refunds of the deposit is quite a lot, and they, so they take that away. But again, as, as I said, you know, it, it's only when something like this happens um, and it is rare, d- d- does it become an issue of, well, now how do we get the money back? The restaurant's yeah. got the money. It's not down, down's plans, um, responsibility. The yeah. they, hand, they don't have the money. It's gone. Yeah. So interesting. Just a one. little unfortunate. We've got Julia yeah. on the line from Durbanville with a related uh, story, I think not quite the same, but also to do with deposits for a venue. Julia in Durbanville, good afternoon. Hi, Pippa, and hi, Wendy. Um, mine's sort of the other way around. Mm. The talk's been about protecting the restaurant, but the consumer d- doesn't get protected. A year uh, Last year, I made a booking for my husband's company's um, uh, Christmas party. I made a booking in August at one of uh, Cape Town's top restaurants. It's a big, it, it's a big restaurant, mm. and I was sent a three-page document that I had to sign and I had to pay a deposit, and I was informed that um, if I if I if I make the bo- if, if I cancel a month before I forfeit X percent of the po- deposit, if I cancel three weeks before I cancel, you know I lose. Wow, so, you said it was a wedding, a Christmas yes. party. But the, the <laughs> yeah. thing was, my husband's got a small company. Well, the, the, the head office was so it was only a booking for thirteen people. So two weeks before. The, the Christmas party, which was at the end of November when everybody else was having their Christmas party. So in the middle of November, I get a phone call from them saying, oh, hello, um, we have taken a larger booking for our um, for that day, and um, uh, so we would like to pay your, we'd like to cancel your booking and we'd like to pay the deposit back. Your. Um, now, we had absolutely, I mean, it was the middle of November, we, we had absolutely no recourse. We'd done everything by the book, you know. I think you should name them. Um, I think you should name them, Julia. I think that, what do you think, Pippa? That's awful. It's it's appalling. It's like um, uh, accepting an invitation to somebody's birthday party and then uh, getting a a better better invite the following week and uh, and, and discarding the previous one. It's just bad manners, plain and simple, but let alone bad business practice. And they, it was a it was a, a, a receptionist or or a waitress or something that phoned me, and I demanded to speak to the manager, and she refused to put me through. She wouldn't she wouldn't budge, and and nobody we couldn't get through to anybody, and we were in a real pickle now because in the middle of November you're never going to find. We, we eventually went out to a horrible steakhouse who just had a huge um, um, Christmas party at the lunchtime, and we had a terrible we had a terrible evening, and I just think that. There's no recourse for the consumer. I mean, we, we could have refused to take our deposit back. We could have demanded that we go. But if we'd rocked up there on that Friday night, they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't have given us a table. So we had we had no we had no recourse. And I don't think that that's right. No, I don't think so either. There is a a section in the Consumer Protection Act that's around overbooking, which is a form of overbooking where you've paid for a service. But in that case, it would have been you pay for your airline ticket, say, for example, and then they bump you off. It says that they're responsible for either putting you on the same type of flight or better one or um, refunding you and – Paying, paying any direct costs, so in the costs of you getting to the airport for nothing or that kind of thing. Yes. But in this case, I can't see how that would apply. 
And as you say, they gave back your deposit. Whoop to do da, but you but ruined yeah. the whole Christmas experience of the party. Thing. Yeah, I'd, I'm going to mull on this one. I'd, I'd love for you to send me an email about it, Julia. Um, okay. I'd like to think about this and speak to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman as we head towards the Christmas season. And and I'd really like to get a comment on that. And and I feel very strongly about that. That it's a it's a it's a terrible consumer abuse. That and I'm it going really to take is. it further. Yeah. Please email me. Okay, so Julia, um, you need to send an email to Consumer consumer at nola.co.za which is spelled k-n-o-w-l-e-r please put in the subject line cape talk christmas party restaurant refund or something like that so that wendy can keep an eye out for it and uh, i'd be very interested to see this uh, this one investigated. well i'm going to contact i'm going to contact the restaurant let's we haven't named them now maybe it's a good thing we let's I'm get the response but i'm going <laughs> i'm going to get the response and let's do this properly i think there should be Outed, but they should also be given, given a chance, the chance to give to, this to respond, uh, yeah. the story. So we'll do it properly in a forthcoming show. If you send me that email, Julia, please. Okay, Julia, thanks for that She's call. Off the line. And on the on the related, you mentioned airline refunds. Dean is just a WhatsApp to ask where do airline refunds fit in here? For example, SAA. I was going to change my flight, and it gave me an option for cancellation with a refund in 21 days. Now they're saying only the taxes will be refunded. If I'd known this, I would have just changed my booking for another day. I think you'll find they'll probably said was in the small print that mm. wasn't um, very in your face. Um, I, I know with airlines they are covered with that. Um, airlines are a difficult one in that um, they don't follow the the, the CPA's um, thing about the consumer's right to cancel an advance booking. So they won't refund you. They say that airline, it's an international airline model that fares would, would rise dramatically if that's if they were forced to do that. So they've just been allowed to carry on doing what they do. So they will charge you and they will put the for a fee, they'll let you use that fare towards another one, but they will not give you your money back if you yeah. cancel in advance. Okay. It's just something we have to live with. I've, I've, got, I've grown weary of, of raising, of, of publicizing the fact that they aren't complying with the act on that score. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way it is. I'll be yeah. on the receiving end of the overbooking as well. It's not fun. Yeah. Mm. Patricia, I, all I can say is I agree with you. Patricia's WhatsApp saying this issue of uh, the whole reason we're asking for deposits at restaurants comes down to the issue of common courtesy, which unfortunately seems to be so absent that these days. As she says, uh, it comes to accepting invitations, replying to invitations, and then, of course, not arriving at the function. It seems a number of people just don't consider it important anymore. In Patricia's view, good manners cost nothing, but unfortunately, this behavior is being imitated by children too, and of course, relying on social media doesn't help either. Yeah, Patricia, it's all I can say again is, it, uh, from personal experience working front of house in, a, in an upmarket restaurant, you would be staggered. I was staggered by how many people just didn't think it was necessary to phone and cancel a booking, couldn't have cared less. And if you phone them to say, hey, are you coming? Must we hold your table for you? Absolutely nonchalant. Oh, no, we changed our mind. We didn't feel like eating out tonight. And you've set up a table of 12 people. Uh, Wendy, it's huge overheads for the it's, restaurant. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Um, so I completely understand why they're doing it. Okay, let's go back to the open line. Libby in Newlands, good afternoon. Hi, Pippa. Hi, Wendy. I'd like to revisit a topic that um, Wendy's actually written an article about. Mm -hmm. We are booking accommodation in Cedarburg, and in part of the booking, we chose to pay by credit card and then received an email from the agent to say they are passing on the merchant fee of 4%. We responded saying this is against the CPA and is actually illegal. Please see the article. They said, oh, well, in that case, you can pay by EFT at the end of the month and 
sort of we've gone back and forth on numbers. Again, they've emailed us to say if we want to use the credit card, we need to pay 4%. What do we do? I mean, we can't afford to pay for the booking out of cash. We want to put it on the credit card and budget accordingly. We've pointed it out that it's not right and it's not legal, and they're still, they're just ignoring the fact that it's oh, not gosh. Okay, so it's against quite a few things. CPA being one, you can't charge more than the advertised price. Um, and it's also um, in terms of the uh, merchant's agreement that um, all these service providers sign with their bank who provide them with the payment facilities, they may not – what effectively they're doing there is passing on their bank fees to the consumer who has their own bank fees to take care of. Um, and it's just – it's absolutely not legal. Um, I'm – and this is just ignorance and arrogance on the, beha- on the on the part of some service providers who just continue to do it. So, you, I mean, there are a number of avenues you can. Well, certainly um, there's um, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman. There's doing what you're doing now, um, getting you know, approaching a consumer journalist or media. Um, if you send me an email, I'd be happy to to take that up um, with the company. I, you, you could make the payment without the extra 4%. Um, well, they, what they do is we have to provide the credit card details and they put it through on their site. So even that, I mean, they're just going to add it on. It doesn't matter how much we jump up and down. Okay. Um, do you have to absolutely go to that place? Because I wouldn't. Well, this is actually the other problem with this agency. They we booked on their website because we saw a specific house that we wanted. We twelve people going together for the long weekend in August, and when we then went clicked online to book, they bring out about four or five other farms associated to um, who they manage, and we've landed up booking. On a completely different farm, not the luxury that we expected for pretty much the same price. And it was only when I WhatsApped the group to say, this is where we're going. My husband said, oh, but that's not the name that they've emailed me. Um, No, no, no. It's just red flags. I I would say take heed of those red flags. We haven't even got there yet. I can tell you that it's not going to be the way it looked on the website and there are going to be other issues. I really would take that as a present. It's hopefully not too late for you to find something else that's suitable. Um, really, I would. That's what. That's what I would advise. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. We, if you can, can, it's hard to find an accommodation for twelve people in a few weeks' I uh, notice. I know, but Libby, consider it. And if you'd like Wendy to try and intercede on your behalf, again, please use that email consumer at nola and put Cape Talk uh, reservation agency or something like that so she can look out for it i want to finish on a on a plus if i may wendy and that's very quickly it's some feedback on a story a couple of weeks ago it might even be a few months ago you may recall we took a a, a call from a bride to be whose bridesmaids dresses had been ordered I online do. and not arrived i remember that well i've just heard from her to say to give you some feedback i call i'm the one who called in i'm pleased to report that i finally received the bridesmaids dresses <gasps> on friday 16 <gasps> weeks later and the wrong color but we will be making it work at least <laughs> We got something. Oh, uh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> and not ever use that company again. Ever again, yeah. Wendy, yeah, as always, a, a fantastic show. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll thanks, chat again Kippa. next week. Will do. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.